Do you need some help teaching your dog where you want him to pee or poop and when? If so, I hope you'll check out our brand new totally free house training guide. You can find it at schoolforthedogs.com house. It's filled with lots of really good tips on how to train a dog to potty in the right spot, but it also is going to explain to you how to teach your dog to do it on cue. So go check it out. Schoolforthedogs.com slash house. My name is Annie Grossman and I'm a dog trainer. I'm the owner and co-founder of School for the Dogs, a dog training center located in Manhattan's East Village. School, school for the dogs, for the dogs. School, school for the dogs, for the dogs. On this podcast, I talk about dog training, interview industry experts, discuss pet trends, answer questions, and try to communicate my love for all things related to behavioral science. Thanks a lot for listening. I think this podcast will help make you the best possible human best friend any dog could ask for. Hi, everyone. My name is Tamara Meyer. I am the owner of New York City-based dog hiking and training company, Shape Up Your Pup, uh, which I founded in uh, 2017. Um, You know, dating back, I have always felt very connected with animals and drawn to them, obviously dogs especially. Um, But as a kid, I needed to stop and pet every dog that walked by (laughs) on the street. It's funny because I I actually did not grow up with dogs in my early age. Um, I spent actually 18 years of my life begging my parents to get a dog and it was literally years and years and years of begging and begging. And my mom being very stubborn (laughs) was always saying no, just simply based on, you know, her, her thoughts about the house being stinky and hair everywhere. And I, um, you know, I just wouldn't budge either. So I, I totally persisted and finally convinced my parents in 2007, um, when they agreed to get a dog and, um, you know, I had my heart set on a lab uh, and I just felt that a lab would fit in perfectly with our family. So I did tons of research and we were paired with our amazing dog when he was around eight weeks old. Um, but that moment that he came home truly carved kind of my life path. And I, I oftentimes get emotional talking about my dog Simba because he unfortunately passed three years ago. And I have so much to be grateful to him for, but he's really the reason behind every milestone I've accomplished the last four years. And of course, the biggest one being starting my own company. Did you um, go to college? Did you study anything relating to dogs in college? So did you have, did you work in any areas before? So it wasn't until I really graduated from college that I knew I needed to set myself up for this career um, where I wanted to have really professional experience working with dogs for around two years because I was just thinking very far ahead and I was planning out, you know, what do I need to do to get myself, you know, like have the most experience I could work with every kind of dog, every breed, every temperament um, and really set myself off on that path. 
Um, so right out of college, I began working for a local dog walking and training company in my town, um, knowing this was the first step to gaining professional experience um, since I, I just wanted to get as much exposure and learn all I could about dogs. So I shadowed trainers and I trained with my own dog whenever he was up for it. Um, I also, during this time, decided to take the Karen Pryor Academy Foundations course uh, and learn um, the foundations of clicker training, which I began to apply, you know, these skills daily that I was learning. It was just a perfect time for me to, you know, like really focus on it and um, and it was just the most amazing experience, um, you know, being in person at the workshops, everything kind of came together. Um, but even before that, you know, I, you know, through growing up in my hometown um, and the reason I really kind of became comfortable with being out in nature and with dogs out in nature was it was just by chance. But I took Simba hiking in my hometown when he was young for the first time. Um, and we happened to run into a pack of about 10 other dogs with their owners. And, um, you know, we kind of hung out with them that day. My dog fit in right away with the pack. Um, that first day, he made so many new friends right off the bat. And it was just literally life changing. Um, me and Simba started going every day at five to meet up with this group um, in this trail in my town. It, it didn't matter what the weather was, rain, sleet, snow. We were out hiking and having fun and, you know, just seeing the dogs literally become ingrained with one another over the years and all these lifelong friendships develop. I essentially became one with nature and being in nature with dogs. I literally just, I fell in love with the experience of being outside and, you know, through spending so much time over the years with a large dog pack in the great outdoors, I developed you know, a very specific skill set and understanding of kind of how the pack mentality works. And um, I just became extremely comfortable handling dogs in this sort of scenario. And, you know, it was just kind of one thing led to the other. Um, but when I was working with that company um, fresh out of college, I sort of, you know, about two years into it, I, I fell in love with the job and being you know, hands on with the dogs and, and working with the dogs. And it was just inseparable bonds that were being created. But I always felt that I had kind of more to offer um, on a day to day basis. I felt oftentimes, you know, that 30 minute walks um, just weren't it wasn't enough for many of my dogs, uh, especially for the higher energy dogs, even though I would actually cover an insane amount of ground in 30 minutes since I was essentially already jogging with them. But, um, you know, I felt I had more to offer the dogs and essentially wanted to develop a trail running program for the dogs that needed more than just a 30 minute walk. Um, you know, the dogs that needed more mental and physical stimulation and a structured kind of controlled environment. Um, and, and several of the dogs that I had been working with had anxiety and I just felt, you know, it, it would be more of a, a much needed life balance for them. I decided at that point to leave the company and I just went off on my own. And that's how Shape Up Your Pup was born. Now, why don't you describe what, what you're doing with Shape Up Your Pup? So Shape Up Your Pup is a New York City dog 
hiking and training company. Um, we pick up dogs uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. And we drive out within an hour of the city. Uh, we spend the day hiking in beautiful trails that are all located within an hour of Manhattan. Uh, you know, all of our, our summer hikes are hosted at the water. Um, we pair the dogs based on temperament and fitness ability, which is something that I assess prior to to ensure that all the dogs have a very positive um, experience coming into the pack. And it's something that, you know, through my experience with Simba, um, you know, the lifelong friendships, it, it's all about that and, and really having, you know, a steady routine and steady faces for all the dogs um, in my pack. And, um, you know, it just, it, it is so heartwarming and rewarding to, you know, come across a dog that has anxiety in the city and is just so fearful of every little noise and, and just walking outside is, is, it's difficult. It's difficult. And just kind of seeing the shift and transformation um, in every kind of way. Uh, the minute we get into the trail, it's just, it's an experience I can't put into words. Um, you know, a lot of the dogs that I hike are not really in love with the city. Can you blame them? But um, it's it's just a beautiful experience being there and seeing these changes happen before your eyes um, and all of these lifelong friendships develop and dogs kind of encourage each other. You know, one dog hates the water the first hike and then by hike three is putting, you know, his or her paws in the water and just feeling it out and just getting comfortable. Um, but, you know, where there's such a demand for dogs actually that you know walking on pavement it, it's it's hard um you know and um getting them out into the wild is what I do uh so we do it year round doesn't matter what the weather is um we will you know of course um cancel a hike if if it's really bad out and the, the roads are bad but um it's it's been great. I mean, we have an amazing group of dogs that hikes weekly. Um, and we kind of, what do you do in like the, the, the rain? Are they all just, they just get wet and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because a lot of dog owners say like, Oh, my dog hates the rain. Um, and it's, it's sun funny because when we get out there, they, they don't even notice it's raining. Um, but we do hike in the rain. It won't be like a torrential downpour, but yes, uh, we do hike in the rain and we do hike, you know, in, in the snow, if the snow is on the ground. Um, but of course, safety first. So if I ever feel that the conditions aren't safe for the dogs, we will, uh, it's weather permitting. Now, curious, going back um, when you were a kid and you're begging your parents for <laughs> a dog, <laughs> What did you What did you think about dog training, or did you ever think about dog training? Were you, Were you watching the Dog Whisperer on TV, or were or did you just have no clue? So I actually was watching the Dog Whisperer. Um, you know, it was something that I knew I was going to do at some point in my life. Um, I what, be, get a dog or become a dog trainer. Both. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Wow. It was. You know, it was more. Getting a dog was something I always knew I wanted, um, and I it was something I knew 
was going to kind of push me in the direction that I always knew I was meant to be. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but I just, you know, I knew that I was born to work with dogs. And I, you know, it wasn't really until I started working with dogs professionally that I felt I could begin to set myself up for that. Um, But I had always planned for it. So I knew like, you know, back when I was applying for jobs, I was looking at what kind of experience is required um, to become something, you know, more serious in this field. And a lot of them were saying, oh, like two, two to three years minimum and, you know, dog training experience and this and that. So I just always kind of had that in the back of my mind. And I always kind of planned my future based on, you know, what do I need to do to really, you know, kind of leave my mark in the dog world. And um, it was, you know, it, it, it was just a perfect time. Everything just kind of happened um, and unfolded perfectly um, on this timeline. Um, but, you know, it was, it was tough, obviously, balancing, you know, the business and um, the dog training course that I was doing as you have done it as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I wasn't in the business yet. I was, I was thinking about it, Right. <laughs> but I'm curious how you found, I mean, were you just lucky in that you found KPA and it happened to be like a program that, um, sort of went along with your values or do you think you, cause I feel like I, I got lucky cause I probably could have just as easily ended up in like a punishment based or, you know, quote unquote balance based training program. I really knew nothing going in. Right. Um, well, I, you know, I really gravitated toward the positive reinforcement aspect of it. Um, and I actually um, spoke with my boss at the time who, you know, she kind of knew of Karen Pryor and we were talking about which one she thought would be a good fit for me. And she kind of pointed me in that direction um, early and when I was doing just the foundations. Um, Mm -hmm. And I decided to continue on and do the professionals with them as well, because um, I just was so aligned with their values and the way that, you know, that I wanted to compose my business and, um, you know, training with dogs. It it just was very aligned with who I am as an individual. When you started um, doing hiking with dogs, were you aware of any other companies that were also doing hiking with dogs in New York? I sort of knew of, um, I knew that there was something of the sort, but I didn't really know of anything specific. I knew more so about um, a a company that was doing dog running um, in the city, but nothing specific to that, no. There are at least half a dozen companies that are doing this, is that right? Yes, now now I am definitely aware of um, other companies that are doing this and, you know, kind of popping up left and right. Um, But, you know, I, I'm very fond. Do you ever meet each other out on the trails and have? (laughs) So I actually, um, I speak actually with one company um, who my, one of my clients who moved to Brooklyn, um, I needed to figure out a solution for her in Brooklyn. So you know, I am friendly with uh, with one of the companies. I don't know if I've specifically, I have run into a few, um, but I don't know 
if they're local to the areas that we go or if they're from Manhattan, um, you know, most of the times if I see a large pack of dogs, we kind of pivot and do our own thing. So I don't really have one-on-one interaction with, you know, other packs if we do come across them. What do you, what do you feel differentiates you from other people who are offering a similar service in New York? Well, I, I want to say that I, you know, I bring my heart and soul into this and I do feel that my clients and the dogs that hike with me feel that every minute being with me. I just consider every single pack member part of my family. Um, And I do think that what sets me aside is how much I prioritize safety as well as their well-being. Um, Nothing is more important to me than that. I, you know, I'm fully transparent with my clients, uh, whether it's a positive or a negative. I, you know, I just make sure that everybody is basically uh, feeling like they're part of something that, you know, I, I always envision what I would expect as a dog owner. And my expectations are very high and my standards are extremely high. And would I trust somebody with my dog? Um, And what would I require of that person in order for me to be able to trust them with my dog? And that's sort of the standard that I feel I bring to the table. so it's it's something I don't take lightly. And of course, you know, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that everything is perfect. Um, and, um, you know, I, I really, really make a solid effort to show the owners at the end of the day exactly kind of what happens um, on the hike and kind of overwhelm them with information and overwhelm them with you know, content, photos, and videos for them to really feel like they are part of the day and to see and feel and be there. Um, Because I feel that that's where kind of the magic happens. Um, And I feel so fortunate to be able to share these moments with the owners. Um, I just, you know, I, I really just prioritize the dog's well-being. It's all about the dogs and they come first and they always will. So whatever I need to do uh, to keep them safe and make sure that everybody's accounted for and happy and thriving uh, is what I'm going to do. I tell, tell me about safety because, you know, it's something that we we in the past have toyed with the idea of, of doing something similar at school for the dogs, but I've always sort of stop short of considering it because it seemed like too much liability to be out in the woods with dogs off leash. How do you, how do you mitigate that? Right. I mean, I, I definitely think it takes a certain type of individual to be able to succeed in this type of business. I think that I, I, I do. <laughs> well, I more really... than that, I mean, it must be, there must be like precautions and insurance and I mean, what, yes. what do you, what do you do? So, well, I'm an LLC, I'm a, um, so that's one. Um, but I also have um, insurance with Pet Sitters International and business insurers of the Carolinas. Um, I also, of course, need to protect myself. Um, but 
it's it's kind of something you know i go into my day prepared um and we're prepared to handle emergencies and we're prepared to handle you know stressful situations because being out in the woods you just have to be ready for anything and we have a handbook that we've created and i'm very fortunate to have amazing employees who actually put it together for me um but a, a little handbook about what to do if you know xyz happens and um you know a little pamphlet about wildlife and what to do if you encounter xyz wildlife um and i just kind of feel you know that in order to succeed in this business you have to anticipate what's going to happen and you have to be a step ahead and i really pride myself on the fact knock on wood um you know nothing tremendous has happened um but i am always a step ahead and i'm always ready to spring into action so i feel prevention is key and being a step ahead allows me to keep them safe, um, whatever it takes. And we implement, you know, dog training, of course, into every single hike. Um, we, but you also have the dogs wear tracking collars, yes, right? Yes. And bells I'm sometimes going on too? Tandem. Yes. So we use bear bells um, so that if there's any wildlife in the area, it's basically an alert for them that, hey, you were around just giving them an escape route. So we don't want to sneak up on wildlife. Um, they're actually more dangerous if startled. So mm -hmm. we just want to kind of do our own thing, but also announce our presence. Um, so we wear bear bells. Um, I provide Garmin satellite-based trackers for every dog that hikes. Um, they are phenomenal. So I have the Garmin Astro 430 and you can pair up to 20 devices at once. Not that I'm doing that, but um, mm -hmm. you can actually see which direction the dog's facing. That's how accurate it is. And they work out in, you know, areas that we might not have cellular service. So um, as much as I like other tracking devices, I have found the Garmin's to be the most reliable um, and the most safe. And it's, you know, it's, it's a precautionary measure because I just, you can't put a price on safety and I prioritize it um, to no end. So whatever we need to do to keep the dog safe is what we're gonna do. Um, mm -hmm. As far as the car, we have a safety gate that separates basically, you know, the back from the, from the cockpit and all the dogs are wearing um, seatbelt seatbelts the entire drive. So the dogs aren't just loose, you know, in the back. Uh, if we open the doors, um, of course, we practice impulse control and no jumping out. But uh, you have a certain kind of seatbelt you use so or recommend? It's, um, it's actually just a seatbelt attachment. Um, I can get you the name later on. But um, yeah, it's, um, it's just seatbelt attachments that I attach to the actual seatbelts in the back. Um, so if God forbid there was ever a situation, you know, they would not be flying around. Um, so they're just attached to whatever harness they're wearing. Yes, for the most part. Um, I do have seatbelt harnesses for, for a few of the dogs, um, mainly the bigger ones, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, 
we bring, you know, a ton of water on the hikes. Um, how many dogs do you have a, at a time and how many clients do you work with in total? I have, um, I want to say around 50. Um, that's if, you know, all are active um, on a weekly basis, but also, you know, fluctuates um, depending on the time of year. Like, you know, of course, summer is a little bit lighter because we have a lot of clients that go um away for the summers day to day we hike on average eight to ten dogs um more or less so i could have more than that but if i do have more than that and if it's over 12 um then i will have a third person there so that also ties into the safety factor um because we like the ratio of people to dogs to be you know safe and reasonable um so, you know, I'll have a third person meet us at the trail and do the hike portion with us. And um, it's pretty seamless and it works out really well. But if any, you know, for any reason, God forbid, there's an emergency. I mean, you, you got to have another person there um, to help handle whatever might happen. So, mm-hmm. you know. How do you deal with keeping the dogs close enough to you that you're not stressed out about where they are while you're walking? in in the in the woods so all the dogs generally stay close of course I have you know hunters um that do like to go a little bit farther off trail uh, and pursue a scent and whatnot um but you know all the dogs have a very firm touch um so all the dogs recall when we ask we practice this throughout the hike um I don't, you know, really particularly hike dogs that won't respond well to that sort of cue and that sort of environment. Um, If I find that, you know, a dog needs more training in that area, we'll do more training in that area. Um, I love off-leash training. It's my specialty, as you can imagine. Um, But I, you know, we will kind of circle back if ever need be for a particular dog that might need more work in that area. But for the most part, the dogs really generally stay close and I do trust them. Um, So, and I know their personalities too. So I know which dogs I can trust a little bit more than others. And I kind of gauge situationally. Um, If I know a dog is, you know, kind of very scent driven and hunt driven. Um, I'll be more on that dog's case, of course, and we'll be practicing recall maybe every single minute. Um, and, you know, for example, we have one dog in particular who he, uh, he, he loves hunting. Um, and he kind of made a 360 in the last couple months because we've been doing a lot of work with him. But he initially was just I felt he wasn't very present with me as the handler. He was just more interested in the environment and what was going on around him. And every little kind of noise or sound was like, you know, his senses were through the roof and he just couldn't control it. Um, He, we did a lot of work with. He was hiking on a long leash for a while. Um, And I will proudly say he's transformed. I mean, he's just a different dog. Uh, in all the best ways, we have been doing 
so much work with him. Um, and it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like if I were to show you videos of him then and now, it's just, oh my God, his attentiveness, his presence, he's giving me that eye contact that I've been yearning for. He just, he's, he's just so present there with me and I totally trust him now. Mm -hmm. Um, so he just needed a new direction. He needed kind of somebody to step in and take direction and kind of show him, this is what I want. Um, and I, I truly feel he's a different dog. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I, I assess the recall beforehand. So we do the meet and greet, um, in Manhattan. Sometimes I do semi-private hikes or a private hike, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of gauge whether any further work is necessary. And I just kind of make sure that starting off the bat, the dogs are going to already have that pre-existing foundation. Um, so we'll set them up for success always. How are you doing marketing? Are people just generally finding you or are you, are you reaching out to places? So, I mean, early in the business, when I was first starting, I actually, um, I spent the entire summer of like 2017 getting up early, um, going to central park during off leash hours and dog parks and just really approaching people and introducing myself, um, and my new business and, I want to say it kind of just felt natural to me since dogs really bring out a fire in me that I can't describe in words, but um, (laughs) dogs are, they're just an instant conversation starter for me. And I could literally talk about dogs all day. So I have no problem doing that, but also connecting with people face to face to me was a key element in in creating strong relationships um, with the owners and with dogs. And I also feel like, you know, if you get a business card and you kind of just don't meet the person one-on-one and really kind of get that gut feeling about them, um, it's hard to trust a person with your dog out in the wild. Like I just knew I had to be meeting people and connecting face to face. And I put in a lot of hours doing that. Um, but you know, it was funny. Uh, some people trusted me enough on the spot and actually signed up their dogs for a hike literally the next day. Um, and of course, you know, in any business, it's a process to get rolling, but, um, I was really focused and ready for the challenge and kind of things happened, um, rather quickly. I just was starting to get word of mouth. Um, and at this point it's all word of mouth. I Mm -hmm. don't do much marketing, um, because I also want to keep this, sort of niche in a way. I want to make sure that, you know, I always have room and space for, you know, the dogs that have been with me since day one. And I don't want to become, you know, so big to the point that it becomes impersonal. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And do you have some dogs who go with you every day? I don't even recommend that really, because Mm -hmm. I feel that dogs should have downtime. Um, and recovery time in between hikes. So at most, you know, if it's a very high energetic dog, like an Australian cattle or, you know, an Aussie or something like that, that they can recharge and regroup very quickly. Um, I don't typically recommend Monday through Friday hikes for any dog. And it also 
ties into like the personality of that dog. Um, everything is very personal and I kind of pride myself on that. I will do what I need to do. If I need to take a dog off a certain day um, and, and it's not working, or if I need to reduce, you know, one day for a dog because it's not working for the majority of the group, I just kind of look at the majority of the group as a whole and what's best for the majority. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, as far as marketing, it, it is word of mouth. I'm, I'm very selective about the dogs that I take in because I want to keep this uh, very positive. And I also want to make sure that the dogs I'm bringing in are going to only, you know, add to the fun and make it even more positive. Um, and of course, I have dogs that are a little bit high maintenance, you know, that that comes with the job. But um, I have some behavioral dogs, I have dogs that, you know, it's, for example, one dog who, um, he was never reactive to any dogs um, while hiking with me, but I received a call from the owner and she was devastated that her dog suddenly was showing reactivity to another dog in Central Park um, on this morning. And she just was kind of flabbergasted, didn't know what to do. Um, he was a maturing male. He definitely had, you know, pre-existing anxieties and phobias. And he was, he's definitely a more sensitive dog. Um, he is my heart. And, you know, he's, he's just such a phenomenal dog, but it's, it's something that like, you just have to learn everything there is to know about every dog in your pack and really know them like the back of your hand mm -hmm. um, in order to make sure that they're happy and that it's going to, um, you know, work out. Um, of course, you know, higher maintenance dogs in a pack is not always easy to manage. This particular dog is great with any dog that I bring in, but if we ever see, you know, a dog that's external to the pack um, in the trail, a dog that's not part of his pack, he will not be so happy about it and a little opinionated. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I've kind of, I've taken the time to learn everything there is to know about every dog in my pack. And mm -hmm. it's very rewarding kind of working them through their triggers and being able to make a negative into a positive and just kind of, I always like to end the day on a positive note. So even if, you know, it was a rocky start for a particular dog, we just always look at the positive um, and try and set them up for success. And, you know, that's basically my motto is just setting up every single dog for success and the people that work for me as well. I mean, I just, I'm very fortunate to have really solid people behind me and kind of just looking at the big picture. It's, it's very important to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody is set up for success. So not just the dogs. So, are, I mean, you're literally going on all these walks then? Yeah, I, I pretty much go on at least three hikes. When, let's say when we're up to full capacity Monday through Friday um, during the year, I'll do at least three hikes. Um, I can't physically do five. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I wish I could. I wish I could. I used to think I was super woman and I used to definitely do four at least a week, um, but you know, for longevity purposes and being able to do this for a long time, I 
definitely need to prioritize my own health as well and make sure that I can continue to do this for longevity, you know? So, um, of course, you know, in any business, taking a step back and trusting people isn't hard, but uh, is hard, I mean. But I, I have been extremely fortunate to have kind of crossed paths with just amazing individuals that I can wholeheartedly say I trust my baby with. And um, for example, they're out today. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. here doing this podcast with you and they're actually (laughs) in the woods right now um, doing the Friday hike in my place. So you have good people. And um, so you see yourself sort of continuing to go on hikes, but maybe not being the one having to do the the pickup and the drop-off because the pickup and the drop-off seems like a big deal. It is. Um, it does take time. Uh, and it's more that I just want more flexibility to do more training because, um, you know, at the end of the day, I really want to spend more time doing that. Um, and having more time to meet with new clients. So I don't have to kind of do that on the weekends. Um, because the way things are right now, uh, you know, all my focus is on the hiking uh, Monday through Friday and then whatever else I'm doing, especially, you know, the, the other sides of handling a business, which is scheduling, invoicing, kind of getting everything ready. So uh, for the next week and what whatever, um, I just kind of want to have more time to do all of that during the week. And um, not to say I won't ever do the pickups or drop ups. I, I definitely will. Um, but, you know, it's just something that I have thought about and in a way that I can utilize my time better um, to kind of do more and help more dogs. The way I found you was I, um, I mean, when I heard that you were, when I saw that you were also a Karen Pryor Academy graduate, I was like, hold on, how did I not, (laughs) how did I not reach out to this person first? Right. But, um, But I, you know, we're not walking popping a lot uh, for a variety of reasons, which at first I felt really bad about. And now I feel like, you know what, like there's no right or wrong. This is just how we've set up our lives right now. Right. And like we're doing the best we can for this dog. And I think we're giving her a good life. But I did feel like um, she needed more just physical exercise than we were able to give her without um you know, well, I mean, I felt like the 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 way we could get her enough exercise was maybe to like hire a walker to come at least twice a day, right? Which was really going to add up money wise, right? Um, right. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, to, to have like a professional taker for like a really good walk twice a day would in New York City be, I don't know, it could end up being like a hundred dollars a day, right? Right. Um, and uh, I um. And I'd heard that there were hiking, that there were services that would take your dog out for a hike. Um, and so I tried a couple of them and um, before you and they, I would certainly recommend them. I didn't have a bad experience, but I think as a dog trainer who has a facility that, you know, operates like high-end services that are um, high-end services that offer a lot to both the dog and the person, I felt right. like. I, as the, as the human being involved, wasn't getting enough of what I wanted. Right. Like maybe she was having a great time, but 
first of all, I wanted like more information about what was happening. I wanted more photos or um, more of a like some sort of follow up. I didn't need like a detailed essay, but just something to make <laughs> me feel like like I was getting some kind of like window into the experience. Right. I mean, part of what you're doing when you're doing this is making yourself feel like you're doing something good for your dog. And all I could do was sort of trust that in the time she was gone, she was having a good time because if they sent me a photo, it was like one photo. It was often a close up. Oh, wow. And and if they sent me like a, a report, it would be like, she's such a great dog. And I was like, I know. <laughs> right, right. But hmm. but that but tell me more. Um, right. And then the other thing was was the ease of um, pick up and drop off, which um, one one other company I tried did do pick up and drop off drop off which I appreciated the other one had like pick up and drop off zones um and you could you could pay extra for them to do a pick up and drop off but it was like considerably extra like got it like $30 Mm -hmm. each direction and wow um, and uh so we were we, we did that for a few months we made the pick up and drop off work but it wasn't um it wasn't particularly (laughs) convenient given that you know, I also had a toddler in tow, so that's I tough. Had, I can't imagine. Yeah. I, um, I understand that. So I really appreciate that you guys, you guys do that, and um, and you charge all of the services. Interestingly, charged I think the same. Uh huh. Um, it's what you charge. Is it ninety ninety five? Ninety five. Yeah. Ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, it's funny because, um. On the one hand, I mean, it's a lot of money to be spending on something that is not, you know, perhaps strictly necessary for your dog. On the other hand, it's quite it's quite a bit less than what we charge for our um, what we call drop off programs, which are like between three and five hours at school for the dogs for a small number of dogs. Huh. Um, I think we, we charge like double that. Wow, um, and we're not we're not taking them anywhere. So compared to <laughs> compared to school for the dogs, you're a bargain, which is hilarious because it's actually it's even if I like give myself like a, a major discount as the owner of the business, it's still probably less expensive. That's, for, that's awesome, and I I really center with you. That's awesome. I mean, it, it does. Uh, I would love to hear more about school for the dogs and how that sort of works, but um. One client in particular who I think you know. Do you know Sunny Day and Surprise? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. So they um, they were hiking with me for a while, but it was tough coordinating because they lived in Long Island City. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that Surprise was coming to school for the dogs, and he, I have to say, was the best trained Shiba I've ever met. Um, <laughs> he was phenomenal. I mean – he just, he was great on the trails. He was such a good dog. So my hat's off to you. <laughs> um, uh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good boy. And, and Sunny Day was also a very good boy. I admire your business and, you know, I, I love what you guys do. Thank you so much. And we should definitely figure out like some shape up your pup school for the dogs, join outings sometime soon. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. Absolutely. And if, Maybe we could do like a, you could lead a hike with our clients or something like that. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. Let's definitely do that. And um, give my love to Poppy. She's my little princess. I will. She's the best. She's the best.
Oh, she really is. She, you know, we have a back deck and she loves to just go and sit out there in the sun, which is what she's doing. Take, take in the, the rays. <laughs> Lucky girl. I could totally see that. Um, we're just overjoyed to have her and I feel very blessed. So thank you for trusting me with her and, you know, um, doing this for her. Thank you so much for listening. And special thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing theme song. You can find Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storefortheDogs.com and you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app. Just visit schoolforthedogs.com slash community.